Uh, before I get started, I wanted to tell you this story or something that happened. Uh, I was in the church not I was in the church not too long ago, and this boy comes in. He was all crying and upset. I said, "What's the matter?" He said, "I feel really bad." I said, "What'd you do?" He said, "I threw peanuts off the bridge and into the water." I said, well, that's not a good thing to do, but that doesn't sound so bad, throwing peanuts off the bridge and into the water. Don't even worry about it. Just go home, and everything will be okay. That's, that's like nothing. Then, like 15 minutes, another kid walked in all upset. I said, what's your name? He said, my name is Peanut. <laughs> Come on, that was funny. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to start off back in the book of Genesis. And in the book of Genesis, it says that as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. What, what does that mean? God set a law in motion of seed time and harvest. In the beginning, God spoke and he created a tree. There was no trees there before. But he created a new law so that if you could sit all day in your backyard and pray that an apple tree miraculously appears... But I guarantee you it's not going to happen because if you want an apple tree, what do you have to do? You have to plant apple tree seeds. So that's how it works in the natural. God doesn't just automatically do something. I pray what happened to it. If you have a garden and you don't take care of it, you're not planting seeds, you're not going to have a garden and you could blame God all you want. But God has certain spiritual laws. And one of these is the law of seed time and harvest. And just as that works in the natural, it also is the same thing in the spiritual. So I'm going to read this quote from this TV preacher that I actually like. There's not many of them. But his name is Andrew Womack. It says, To conceive and give birth to the miracles you need, you must first plant God's word like a seed in your heart. Conception cannot take place without first planting the seed. There has only been one virgin birth, and the birth of your miracle won't be the second. In other words, he's saying whatever you're believing God for, maybe you need a miracle. Maybe a miracle in a marriage, or maybe you, you're looking for a, for a mate, or maybe you want to start a business or grow a business or grow your ministry or, or get healing in your body. It does, prayer doesn't mean I prayed and now it automatically is going to happen. Because God, you remember that law of seed time and harvest, you have to plant seeds. We, we are co-laborers with God, and we work better together. God do, doesn't just do it all for it. He did with the virgin birth. All of a sudden, boom, the Holy Spirit came down, and, and Mary was pregnant with, with Jesus. But that happened once. That's not how God is going to work, but we have wrong expectations and we get disappointed in God because he didn't do something for us when we didn't bother to sow the seeds. You see, Jesus often compared Christians to farmers. Why? Because those were the people he was talking to in the Old Testament. 
if he was here now and we, he was writing the New Testament today, he'd be talking about buses and subways and gangbangers and all this stuff. But he lived back then, so he spoke the truths of the Bibles in ways that they would understand. So in order to understand what the word is saying, we have to understand the culture of the time. And Jesus said that you are like a farmer and your life and different areas of your life is like a field or a garden. And for a farmer, when he wants to grow a crop, he doesn't just sit home, pray over the land, and wait for the corn to grow. That's not what prayer is. I want to bust some bubbles today. You don't just, the farmer doesn't pray. He wakes up, he watches TV the whole summer and wakes up in the fall and there's a harvest of corn and you buy it. He has to do the work. He has to, he has to labor through every day. He pre works to prepare the soil, plant the seeds, pull out the weeds. So what I'm going to speak about now is a very interesting topic, agriculture, which is a topic I know nothing about, but I researched it so you don't have to. And I want to go through the process of the farmer, and we're going to take those truths from the farm, and we're going to apply it to modern-day Bronx. So the first thing the farmer has to do in the spring, if he wants that corn to grow, you can't just take seeds and plant it in the ground after the winter. The ground is not ready. First, he's got to plow. So I looked this up in the encyclopedia. You see how fancy we're getting here? And I'm going to read this from the encyclopedia. Unplowed ground won't let a crop grow. It's hard, preventing seeds from penetrating, germinating, and growing to maturity. When it's time to put in the garden, we get out the plow and turn the soil so that seeds are able to get into it and let their roots go down deep where moisture can be found. If you don't understand that, you'll never get anywhere. It might sound corny, might say that has nothing to do with me. That has everything to do with you. If you're believing God for some, for a miracle, you're believing God for a business, for financial breakthrough, maybe you're believing God to get out of debt. The first thing we need to do is break up the ground. We need to change our habits. We need to pray. And you know that doesn't always happen, one, two, three. You know how I started in ministry? There were no churches inviting me, we want you to come preach at the church. I lived in Queens, and the church was in the Bronx, and every Tuesday, my ministry was doing a, a home group in the Throgs Neck Housing Projects. And I would cross the bridge every Tuesday. 99% of the time, there were two people there. One person. If there were four people, it was a revival. We'd have a party. See, that's where most people give, oh, this is too hard. Oh, I went back to school, and it was too hard. I, I couldn't remember how to study. This is too difficult. Oh, I, I, I got married, and marriage is too hard. This isn't, that's not what I'm used to. This isn't for me. No, you got to plow. You got to be patient. You got to sow in, into the ground and break it up. You know why we're here today having a prosperous church? One of the reasons is for all the people, all the saints in the past generations who laid down their lives and labored and worked in little storefront churches and saw nothing faithfully five days a week coming and praying and not growing. 
But as they were doing that, they were plowing through. They were breaking up the ground for us. That's what you're doing even as parents. And that's what some of your grandparents and parents did. You're blessed today because of what your grandparents, they had nothing, but they kept on serving. If they had to get three jobs or five jobs, they had to plow and break up the ground. After, after the plowing, they have to fertilize the soil, put the nutrients, the fertilizer to prepare the ground. See, if you want a miracle, if you want to move forward in the kingdom of God, you want God to do something, you better be fertilizing the ground of your heart. We do that by praying. We worship. I read the word. I come to church. One of the biggest mysteries to me is when people just disappear from church and then, and then I ask them what happened. They say, oh, I need to, I'm just taking a break. See, at least years ago, people just didn't show up. Now they got a ready-made story. I'm taking a break from church. Well, those people must be way more strong and spiritual than I am because I can't make it without the people of God. I need the prayer. I need the encouragement, the accountability. Otherwise, that harvest I'm believing for starts dying. The fire starts to go out. You need to be with, among the people of God. You need to make declarations over what you're believing for. Then the farmer has to make, pull out all the weeds and the thorns out of the ground. What do weeds symbolize? Doubt, complacency. Maybe somebody offended you. you. You need to keep pulling it out. You need to keep weeding. You have to take care of the ground. You have to watch your heart. The Bible says, above all things, Put a guard over your heart to get rid of those distractions. Jesus said that those weeds represent the worries of this life, the lore of wealth, and the desire for other things. See, we become worried. We get caught up in the circumstances, and we start to lose the vision. We start to lose our passion for God and we take our eyes off of what we're believing for. So I'm going to read a scripture now. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 23. It says, listen to me, listen and pay close attention. Does a farmer always plow and never sow? Is he forever cultivating the soil and never planting? Does he not finally plant his seeds? Black cumin, cumin, wheat, barley, and emmer wheat, each in its proper way and each in its proper place. So the time, after the time comes when I'm not breaking through anymore, now I'm ready to plant the seeds. Now I'm ready to get focused and move forward. But it says each in its proper way and each in its proper place. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you a, a video, just a short video. Just one second, though. Hold on. See, many times in life, we're trying to do so many things at once instead of focusing on what God has for us. Instead of keeping our eyes focused on the prize. Jesus said he only did what he saw the Father doing. I remember it way back in the day in the old church. I used to try to do a million things at one time. Well, we got to have the outreach. We got to visit all the homes. We have to have home groups and we have to have one-on-one -on -one discipleships. And I'll show you what that looked like. No, but if you could go two minutes in. 
You see, that was me. One thing, I get one thing going, then I focus on the next thing, then the other plate starts to fall and I go back to the next thing. You could turn it off. You see, you've got to be focused, which means that you need to remove the distractions. People, people who stand in the way and begin to pull your attention away. People who are time wasters. You need to tell them, I'm on a mission. So here's what I'm doing. I'm giving you permission to say no. If you know that you've got a purpose, I'm going back to school. I'm starting a ministry. I'm committing to a ministry. I'm dedicating myself to see God. If you don't keep focused and you let people pull you in every direction, you're going to be like the guy spinning plates and accomplishing nothing. So we need, we need to be focused and diligent in what we're doing. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, it says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reap what he sows. That means whatever, when it's time to sow your seeds, whatever seed you sow, that's what you're going to get back. Jesus said, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. I always notice that about bullies. Sooner or later, they always run into somebody tougher than them. It might take a while. But if you like to point fingers at people, it might be fun. You like to criticize. Well, that's going to come right back at you because those are the kind of seeds that you're sowing. If you like to gossip about people... You're going to reap a harvest because when you're in trouble, people are going to start talking about you. See, that's how it works in the negative. But it also works in the positive. Here's how it works. People come to church and they tell me, well, I don't like this church because I don't make any friends. And those are the first people to run out the door as soon as the service ends. If you want friends, you have to sow friendship. If you're not acting friendly, if you're not striking up conversations and sowing seeds and being a blessing to people, you're not going to have friends. I, I've gone to funeral or done funerals where three or four people showed up. I said, what happened? Well, he wasn't friendly. He didn't sow any seeds, not kindness or helping or blessing people. Now, I'm not saying that the people that you bless are the ones who are always going to bless you back. You could pour yourself into someone and they'll stab you in the back. But God is faithful to his word. And if you keep sowing your seed and you keep on blessing, God is the one who's going to make sure it comes back to you. See, I was shocked when I became a Christian because my image of a Christian was someone who was sacrificial and always wanted to help and always poured into people. Then when I started listening to sermons, every sermon was about how I can be blessed. See, that's not, it's great. I want you all to be thoroughly blessed and prosperous. But we're here on earth to sow God seeds into people's lives. Show goodness and kindness to give. The scripture says, Give and it'll come back to you. If you give a little, a little will come back to you. Oh, but I prayed to God for money. I'm still broke. Have you been generous in blessing, blessing others, in sowing into the kingdom? You could pray and pray and pray. 
oh, I'm praying that all of a sudden the $10,000 is going to show up in my mailbox. You better be planting seeds. You better be blessing others. See, that's how the harvest comes back to you. As we sow, as we bless others. That's why I always try to show mercy to people. When somebody comes to me and say, I failed, I sinned, I'll never sit and judge them because when I mess up, I want mercy to come back to me. I'm not going to sit and judge people. And then when I mess up, everyone comes and puts their finger in my face. You, put, you get back in life what you put into it. Get your idea of God out of your head that he's this big genie. All I got to do is pray and whatever I want shows up. I want to lose weight. I just pray and 20 pounds disappear. God works with us. If I want to lose 20 pounds, there's things I got to do in cooperation with God. He's not going to do it all for you. So many people come to me, I'm really disappointed in Christianity. I I don't know about God. I prayed three weeks and nothing happened. You got to endure. You got to be patient. You got to keep believing and you got to do your part. If you want a business and you start a business, it might not grow in one day. You got to keep plowing and keep sowing and keep believing. In Mark chapter 4, verse 26, Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First, a leaf blade pushes through. Then the heads of wheat are formed. And finally, the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle. For the harvest time has come. That's how the kingdom of heaven works. When you're believing God, when, you're, when you have a goal, when you have a destiny, it doesn't all come at once. First the blade, then the stalk, and then the harvest. People complain because they, they compare their little blade to the big tree that someone else has. Well, maybe that person didn't have to go through all you went through to get the blade. Maybe they didn't come from where you came from. Maybe they didn't have the obstacles that you had to overcome. You can't compare other people's success to what you're doing. But here, this is what I've learned. I learned to thank God for the little blade, that little leaf that comes. When I, when I wrote my last book, if I say that one person buys it, I say, praise God. I don't sit and compare myself to T.D. Jakes because he sold 10 million books. I thank God for that little blade because I know that if the blade is there, the stalk is coming and the, the heart, see, the little blade is proof of the harvest. You don't look down on the little breakthroughs that happen in your life. If you're believing for financial breakthrough and and you're able to pay off one credit card, oh, that's it, one measly card? I thought God was going to get me out of debt. No, you praise God for the leaf. Because if he did the leaf, that's the assurance that it's all on the way, that the whole breakthrough is coming. The harvest will come. Stop comparing yourself. Oh, I went back to school and I only got C's, but my friend got all A's, so I I think I'm going to quit this. 
Thank God for the seas. You made it through the year. Here comes the blade. Thank God in the little. The Bible says if you're faithful in the little, if you take the little, you offer it to God, you praise him for it, that he will trust you with much. But if you're not faithful in the little, if you give up right away, Oh, I've been looking for a mate and nothing happened and I just met jerks, so I'm not going to look for one anymore. Whatever it is you're ready to give up on. you got to let God work. See, when you plant a seed, you don't see what's going on under the ground. And if you pull it out, you're pulling out your destiny. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4, it says that if a farmer watches the wind, he will not plant. And if he looks at the clouds, he will not reap. See, if you, I don't know a lot about farmers, but I know when I drive through Pennsylvania, it could be cloudy, windy, drizzling, and the farmers are out there. They can't afford to lose a day. They don't say, oh, it's supposed to be cloudy. I'm going to sit and watch soap operas or whatever. They go out and work. Why is Jesus giving us that principle? What he's telling us, I don't just wait till everything is perfect before I begin to believe God and step out. Oh, I'm not ready for that yet. Can I tell you, most of the time you'll never feel ready. I take God at his word. He tells me to start something. I started. If, if nobody wants to help, if all the odds are against me, I don't wait till Jupiter's aligned with Mars or whatever. T- I take God at his word. Now, I, it's true, God does have a timing for certain things, but if you're waiting till you feel ready, oh, I don't feel peace about it. You'll never feel peace about being stretched or stepping out or taking a risk. But if you're going to be like the farmer who gets a crop, you don't just look at the conditions and how you feel. You go by faith. If, if you're going back to school, you keep studying. No matter what happens, you keep believing. If you're starting a ministry, if nobody shows up or ten people show up, you keep going. Don't just look at the conditions because God is a faithful God. And he is on your side. I want to read one last scripture. Psalm 126, verse 5. It says, Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. See, many of you, you've been believing, you've been praying. And you've been sowing your seed in tears. See, today my daughter is is in ministry. She serves the Lord. You know what that took? Now I'm going to reverse it. Now I lived in the Bronx and my daughter lived in Queens. And every Friday, I went over the bridge to Queens to make sure that she came to Pastor George's youth group. Every Friday. Why? Because if not, the world out there are sowing seeds into your children. They're sowing weeds. I made sure my daughter was in church any time I was there when I could have her. She didn't live with me. Kept on praying, and her mother was a totally different religion, kept trying to discourage her. 
took her Bible away. My daughter, when she wanted to listen to worship music, had to hide in the bathroom. But I kept sowing the seeds and believing. A lot of tears and a lot of blood. A lot of wounds. A lot of battles. But now I'm reaping with joy because she, she lives for the Lord. She loves God. And she's married and just had my third grandson. That didn't just happen because I prayed a prayer one day. That meant I had to keep sowing the seed. I kept going back over the bridge. I kept going. Any time I could visit her, I did. Even if it was just for five minutes. Many times I would just go to see her and say, oh, I have to buy something in the store. Go to the store and go home. Why? Because I knew I was sowing seeds into her life with a lot of tears because I knew the scripture that if I sowed in tears that one day I'd be reaping with joy. Many years in ministry of hardship, battles, church fights. If we have any gangbangers here, you ain't nothing compared to church fight. <laughs> you think you all tough? Forget it. You should get into, into some of these old-fashioned church battles that I had to endure in the past. But anything I'm doing in ministry today, not because God handed it to me, but because I kept on sowing the seed and kept believing and not give up. So in closing, I want you to hear from someone else right now. We have Jessica Vasquez, who's a testimony machine here. And while she's coming up, I'm going to ask the ushers to pass out the cards. So just hold on to it when you get your card. But you're just gonna, and I'll tell you what to do with it. So let's have a big hand for Jessica. Good morning. Good morning. So Pastor Gary is developing a habit of um, having me share something when he speaks. So. Um, I wanted to just share a testimony um, of the practicality of what Pastor Gary was talking about, about sewing and sewing and sewing. So as you guys know, my family takes up about three rows of this church every Sunday. I have four sisters, and then there's husbands, and there's kids, and so that wasn't always like that. Those two or three rows that we take up every Sunday was a result of a generational prayer, seeds that were sown generations ago. So a lot of, I've said before when I've spoken up here, thank God for praying moms and thank God for praying grandmothers. And the reason we're here, the reason why all those roles are taken up every Sunday is because my little grandmother, back in the, probably before I was born, every day my grandmother just prayed and prayed and prayed. She was one of those grandmothers that sat at the window with a pillow, looking out the window, listening to Radio Vision Cristiana. And that was all the radio was ever tuned to. And um, I remember spending weekends and summers in my grandmother's house, and, you know, she had her Christian music playing. And I don't know if there's anybody here who grew up listening to Radio Vision Cristiana or heard it, but they would have um, a segment where you could call in and you could ask for prayer. So my grandmother would ask me, does your mom smoke? Does your mom smoke? And I would lie. My mom did smoke back then. My mom wasn't serving the Lord then. And she did smoke, but I would lie because I didn't want to hurt my grandmother's feelings and I didn't want to get my mom in trouble. So I'd say, no, no, mommy, ya no fuma, ya no fuma. And she, says, she would tell me in Spanish, tell me the truth. Tell me the truth because I want to pray for her. And so one day, I admitted it, and I said, see, mami, yo todavía fuma. She smokes. But please don't tell her, because I'm going to get in trouble. 
So she called in the radio show and they prayed for my mom. And like I said, I spent weekends and summers with my mom and my grandmother would sit and pray and pray. And that's, those are the memories that I have of my mom, my grandmother sitting on the bed. And I would hear her talking and I'd say, Mami, con quien tu habla? Who are you talking to? No, 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 I'm just praying. I'm just praying. And all day long, my grandmother was talking to herself, but she was praying, sitting on the bed, knitting, crocheting, and, you know, doing what grandmothers do. And so she would have me, I learned to read in Spanish because I would read the Bible to my grandmother, eight or nine years old, reading the Bible. That's how I learned how to read Spanish. Not like an easy green eggs and ham. No, it was the King James Version in Spanish, and that was what I used to read. And that's how I learned how to read the Bible. And that's how I started to learn about the Bible. And I, then we'd have conversations. And I'd be sitting in my grandmother's rocking chair. And she'd be sitting on the bed doing her crocheting. And I would mispronounce a word and she would correct me. And then we would talk about the Bible story. And in 1991, my grandmother passed away. She didn't get to see all those seeds that she was sowing, though, while I was growing up. Where now my mom started to serve the Lord I started to serve the Lord. My sister started to serve the Lord. And those were because of the season, the prayers of the constantly, every single, I'm telling you, every day you would, my grandmother just looked like a crazy person talking to herself, but it was praying all the time, all the time, all the time. And now from two generations ago, there's two or three rows in a church full. My grandmother's, both of her daughters, grandchildren and great grandchildren that she hasn't met all serving the Lord because of a little lady's prayers on Marion Avenue in the Bronx, sitting there. At, everything she did was praying. And now you could walk into my mom's house at any given moment, and my mom's talking to herself all day. But that's her prayers because that's what my grandmother taught her. And at any given moment, mom is sitting at the edge of her bed having a conversation by herself. And I don't even ask anymore because I know. I already know what's going on in the room. But those are seeds now that my mom is planting. I mean, everybody here knows the prayers that were lifted up, there were prayers lifted up on behalf of my children. They weren't here. And a year ago, thank God, a year ago in September, they were both, they were both baptized. And those are because of the prayers that you guys helped sowed in their lives. Those are because of the prayers that my mom just in blood, sweat, and tears. Those were middle of the night waking up, gasping in fear because God is saying, pray right now, pray right now. And so we did. And sometimes we sow seeds and we don't see. These are years, years ago. Though that prayer that my grandmother lifted up for my mom to stop smoking was a miracle that occurred right here. Over 20 years later, over 20 years later, my mom stood right here, lifted her hands, prayed, walked out of here and never smoked another cigarette. That was 20 plus years of prayer. Because miracles still do happen. And that's my mom still fighting to this day. An urge for a cigarette will come up, and my mom sends up another prayer. Help me get through this day. Help me get, because this action, is faith without works is dead. So she could pray, God, don't let me smoke, but if she's lighting up a cigarette while she's praying it, it's not happening. So it's got to be your prayer, and it's got to be your work. It's got to be the action behind it. You know, I, anybody who follows me on Facebook, I'm sorry that I flood your feeds with real estate stuff, but... I'm growing a business, and I'm praying, and every day I go out there, and some days I come home with no business, but every single morning I wake up, and I put my day before the Lord, and I say, Lord, everything I do today, I'm doing it for you, and if I come home and I have no business today, amen, and if I come home with tons of business today, amen, but it's getting out there. It's lifting up that prayer every morning and then getting out there and pounding the pavement, so, I mean, that's all I have to say. Um, Again, I'm, I always end whatever I say with thank God for praying moms and praying grandmas. And like I said, those three roles, thank God for my grandmother. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And every one of you got a card with a mustard seed on it. Now, because Jesus said, if you have just a teeny, teeny, tiny bit of faith, you can move mountains. You can do mighty works. All you need is a small... Oh, but I'm not that spiritual. I'm not powerful. I don't know the word like that. All you need is a tiny bit, the size of the seed you're looking at. And what I'm going to ask you to do is take the seed or take the card and whatever it is you're believing for in your life, 
a ministry, promotion at work. You want to start a business. You're believing for, to save your marriage, for God to save your children. You're believing for, to get out of debt. Whatever that seed is, I'm just going to ask you to write down on the card what it is. You're not going to show it to anyone unless you want to. This is between you and God so that you could take it home as a reminder that it takes a seed. It takes more than just praying. Jessica said she prays for her business and then she goes out there and puts feet to her prayers. Nobody's going to buy houses if she just prays and sleeps all day. You see, many of us, we're waiting for the tree to come down from heaven. We just want it. God doesn't give you a tree. He gives you a seed. And the tree is in the seed. Everything that you're believing for, everything that you need is in that little tiny seed. You have everything that you'll ever need, and it's in you. All you got to do is begin to plant it. You see, it says those who, who plant with tears. You know what your tears did? All those years of sorrow while you kept believing and kept pressing through, your tears were watering the ground. Because... The scripture says that even though you reaped, you sowed with tears, you went through hardship and storms, but because you're faithful, you will reap with great joy. There's harvest coming into your life. God will fulfill your dreams if you're willing to take the seed and plow and water and plant. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do in closing. I believe there's a few of you here that can relate to what I just said. That you've been believing God. You're believing for your marriage or your finances or for ministry. For your children, whatever it is. And it's been hard. You've been sowing in tears. You've been believing. See, with my wife's health, I just keep praying. Many times I pray, and it seems like the bottom just fell out. I'm sowing in tears, but I keep believing for the miracle. I'm believing for the breakthrough. I refuse to give up. So I, I believe there's some other of you here who could relate to that. So I'm going to ask you to all stand. Uh, If you're the one that can relate to what I just said, that you've been sowing in tears, I want to pray pray over your seed right now. So I'm going to invite you to come forward as we worship. You're saying, I've been pressing through. I've been giving. I've been faithful, but there's no breakthrough. I've been been laying down my life for my kids. It's been hard. And it hasn't turned around yet. We're believing that the water from heaven is going to come down on your seeds today. Your work, your faithfulness has not been in vain. Your children will be mighty in the land. God will save your marriage. If we, the scripture says, if we don't give up, that we will reap the harvest. So I'm going to ask for those in the prayer team to come. We just want to say short prayers. This isn't the time to pray inner healing and all these long prayers. But, or if you're in the, in the Spanish congregation, in the prayer team or leadership, just come up 
And we just want to believe for those here. I'm, I'm believing for a mighty move of God over your seed. But it's not just going to happen unless, unless you're willing to stand. Unless you're willing to be patient and keep moving and keep praying and keep believing. So for everyone else out there, if you're not coming up, Just hold your seat to the Lord as you worship. And let those water from heaven begin to soak it. See, that's one of the reasons we come to church. We take our plans and our visions and we bring it before the Lord in the presence of God and his people. I can't do that just watching over the internet. So let's just worship God and we're going to pray for you.
Father, we thank you. You are worthy. You are awesome. You are amazing, Lord. And we've seen you move in our lives, oh God. And we know that you'll do it again, Lord. Father, we sing about miracles, Father, but that's something that you do, Father. Father, that's just your nature, Lord. We call it a miracle, Father. You look at it as normal because that's just who you are, oh God. You love to bless your children. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for the miracle that we call that we call ourselves, oh God, because you brought us to this place. You brought us into the realization of who you are, oh God. And we're forever grateful, Lord. Father, because we no longer wander the streets. Father, as those that may have no purpose, Father, but you've given us a purpose. And now you've given us a commission and a command to let others know about their purposes, oh God. And how wonderful and how loving you are, oh God. So Father, we sing that we believe in you because we've seen you move, oh God. We believe in you because we know our past and we've seen you take us out of the grip of death and change us, Father. We've seen what was wrong. You turned to right, Lord. <laughs> we've seen what was down. You turn right side up, Lord. So, Father, all we have in us, all we can do is trust you, Lord, because you've given so much Yet you've been so patient, oh God, and allowing us to give back, oh God. So we give ourselves, because that's all we possess are these bodies. All we possess is this. We give us back to you, Lord. Father, take control. Have your way. We are yours, oh God. We belong to you, Lord. We believe in you, Jesus. You are blessed highly favored so go out and be a blessing have a wonderful week